Welcome to Transformation Church Podcast. Today we are in our series, Relationship Goals, a biblical perspective on achieving godly relationships in singleness, dating, and in marriage. From wherever you're listening, we hope you are encouraged by this week's message. Today we're talking about sex. And um, I'm going to approach this topic very delicately, but very directly. Because I believe God's clear about it, but the church many times doesn't communicate about it. I'm so glad for all the first-time visitors that I'm seeing and and new faces and old faces who haven't been here long and the faithful that are here. Um, I think this Relationship Goal series has been one of these things that um, we'll be able to benchmark when things changed in our church. And, And this is what's happening right now. Things are changing in the lives of people. And so I'm so excited about what God's going to do today. Um, but what I want everybody to do right now is just take a deep breath in. Come on, everybody, just take a deep breath in. Now just let it out. And I want you to say out of your mouth, relax. Okay, look at your neighbor and just say, relax. Okay, this is going to be okay. Okay, this is going to be okay. Some of y'all are like, he's going to bust me out. No, relax. Um, it's funny that something that the Bible is very clear on, the church is really silent on. Like there's tons of scriptures about sex. There's a whole book talking about how to please your wife. There's like, there's all kinds of stuff. You ain't know that because you don't read your Bible. <laughs> uh, but what I am saying is that I feel like that this perversion in sex in our society today is silently eroding the destinies of so many people. And, 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 and you may be in this room like I was and, and the things I didn't know about sexual, uh, sexual interactions, sexuality, sex period, all of those things um, came to, to literally take from my life. They never came to add to my life. They always came to take from my life. And I was just in delusion for so long and I would go to youth group and I would go to church and I would praise and I would jump and I would shout, but nobody talked about what I was struggling in. And so what are adults, older kids? with more responsibility. So if it doesn't get addressed when you're a kid and it doesn't get addressed when you're a teenager, guess what shows up in your adulthood? The same thing with more consequences and more sophisticated ways to hide it. And what I said is, God, if we're gonna be a church that represents you, we're gonna talk about the things that people are really dealing with. And, And sex and sexual impurity and sexual relationship is something that is usually being defined by culture and not defined by the word of God. If we're honest, you didn't learn anything you know about sex from going to Bible school. Not one, not one thing. What did you learn in church about sex is don't have it before you're married. That's all you need. That's it. That's all I need to know. Whole course, do not have it until you're married. And what that does is leave a lot of us to figure it out. And uh, I believe the Holy Spirit wants to do something significant in this place. So I want you to open your heart and open your mind for what God's going to do. Because John chapter 8, I believe it's verse 32 says, um, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you what? It'll set you free. But there's two things that come before freedom. It's knowing and truth. And it's one thing to want to be free. But if you don't know truth, you'll never get free. And many people in church are walking around claiming freedom, singing about freedom, wanting to be free, but we're not honest. 
And the truth is that sex is ravaging most of our lives and it's one of the biggest things we deal with talked about or untalked about. Sexual urges, sexual frustrations, sexual uh, partners, um, um, sexual ideas, whether we do them or not, it's one of the issues that everybody is dealing with. Some guys walk down all day long because they don't want to be tempted by anything. Some people are on social media all day skipping and deleting and following people because it speaks to you sexually. It affects our entire life. But what does God say about this? Well, I think the first thing is that we got to come clean and walk in spirit and in truth. And can I tell you some things that I found that are the truth? The truth is that 80% of adolescents say that they find out about sex, violence, and drugs by their peers, television, or on the internet, 80%. That means that 80% of adolescents are not finding out about sex from their parents, from educators or from church or biblical knowledge. So what ends up happening in most people's life is they get this image of what sex is and then everything in their life is coming against this image that was not given by God but was given by their big cousin. And what we're doing is we're fighting because it's the truth. And see, not a lot of churches want to talk about this. We want to shout hallelujah, but whenever we come off the hallelujah, we're dealing with horniness. Okay, let me come to this side because maybe y'all will be able to... Everybody over there was like, uh-uh, not me. Oh, no, pastor. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if, we, if we're honest about it, we're saved, sanctified, and sexual beings. And what happens is God has solutions for these things, but we're not willing to deal with the truth. You know what the truth is? That children that are ages 10 to 17 will see 143 sexual images this week on primetime television. This week. Not even at like midnight, one, two, or three in the morning, like four. 143 sexual images. You know, the crazy thing about it is that you're, you're more likely to see three to four times more likely to see sexual relations happen between men and women who are not married than ones who are. That's the truth. You know, one of the saddest truths that I found as I was reading and, and studying through some of these uh, um, health um, and, and medical studies this week, that 50% of every high school student has been sexually active. Half of all high school students have had a sexual experience. Some of you parents are sending like, not my child. <laughs> and, and the sadder fact is that for African Americans, 72% have been sexually active by the time they are out of high school. Seven out of 10. 52% for Hispanics, 47% for white people. Yay, white people. <laughs> Hear what I'm saying, though. The sad truth is, if the church does not stand up and begin to say something about this topic, then we let the enemy win and we never put up a fight. And I'm, and I'm here to say that many of the problems that you deal with in insecurity today become, is, is because you never, sexual things were never addressed when you were younger. 
You have secrets and pains and frustrations from your family, things that you saw, things that happened to you that nobody ever had the gall to address with the word of God. They told you to be quiet. They told you, no, that didn't happen. You didn't say nothing because you knew if you even hinted that anything happened, you was going to get a whooping. You were going to get in trouble. You was Come on, let's be honest. And so now we're sitting here in the greatest, most vulnerable position for the enemy, isolation. And anything he can isolate is the same thing he can destroy. But today there's freedom coming for you. That we're going to expose the lies of the enemy and this thing that is called sex. And I want you to realize this one simple truth. I want you to know that sex is good. Come on, let's have therapy just for one second. Everybody in the room, I want you to say, sex is good. Everybody say it. Sex is good. Okay? And this is, I want to take it one more step further. Sex was God's idea. See, this is, this is the crazy thing. Some of y'all just broke out in hives right there by saying sex is good in church because you were taught that it was bad. But what happens is the first mention of something usually is the thing that you that you grade everything else by. And so because many of us were introduced to sex, I know when I was introduced to sex, it was in sixth grade in a locker room and in a bathroom. And these nasty little perverted sixth grade boys told me everything that I knew. I mean, majority of, I didn't know nothing. And they just took me from my little sheltered Christian prophesying family background. And they said, bro, here's what it is. Now hear me. I didn't learn it in Bible school. I didn't learn it at my house. I didn't learn it anywhere else. So that was the foundation of my sexual building. And it was given to me by some dumb sixth graders. Now, think about how crazy that is, but people are educated. Who educated you? How, how did you? Did a magazine tell you? Did, did, did a friend tell you? Did late night pornography tell you? Did HBO tell you? Come on, let's be honest. Who educated you? And what happens is, then I grow up and I start coming to church and they give me the sex talk, the birds and the bees talk at church. Don't have sex until you're married. Is that it? And and it's coming against something that already was my foundation. All this stuff I've been exposed to. So now I'm in a battle. What what I know is true because it was presented to me first. And what you're saying God says about it. And that's where most Christians stay. And a battle between what was first planted in their hearts and allowing God to uproot that thing and put something else new there. I'm proud of every parent that has a a middle school student or somebody in here, though we gave that announcement because they already know. (laughs) If your child is over 12, they already know. They know what's going on. They see it. But it's time for us to address it. So my first point today is that sex is God's idea. We have to redeem and reclaim this idea of sex being a bad thing. It's a bad thing out of the context that God meant for it to be in. It's a great thing inside of the context that God meant for it to be in. And I'm going to help you understand this this morning because Genesis 1:28. what is the first statement that God says to Adam and Eve after their creation? The first thing he does is bless them. He said, I bless y'all. Now go be fruitful and multiply. So what basic, can I translate it for you? He said, y'all are blessed. Go have sex. 
do that thing. Put it down, Abner. Put him down, Adam. Do you understand what I'm, that's what God, that's what my God. That's what my God said to Adam, okay? He wasn't talking about planting a tree to be fruitful. He told them to go be fruitful and multiply, okay? I want you to realize this because until you can acknowledge the fact that sex is good and that sex was created by God, your distorted perversion of what sex is will always be preeminent in your mind. And I have to reset this so that we can see it how God sees it. God didn't tell them to go learn and pray. He didn't tell them to start creating something. He told them to go have sex and be fruitful. What does this tell us? That God knows how he made us. And inside of the covenant of marriage, he made us to enjoy and be sexual. Everybody just nod your head like just yes. That's what some of y'all just sitting there like you hear me because the enemy has distorted it so bad in your heart and your mind that when you think about sex is something that's supposed to be covered. Something that's supposed to be secret. Something that's supposed to be behind the scenes. And what God says is what I created, I look at it and I say it's good. When I created it in the right thing. But what we have done is we've taken it out of the context that God meant for it to be in. I, I want you to just get this. God's first command to humanity was go have sex. Be fruitful and multiply. I'm telling you that sex is not bad. What you've been taught about sex is bad. Come on, come on. Sex is not an abomination. Sex is amazing. But he put it in a container that is supposed to control it so that it can give him glory. When it is out of that container, then it becomes destructive and it causes death to come to people's lives. So the title of today's message is Sex, the Container. Okay, Sex Container. I want everybody to see this. What does Jesus say about this? Mark chapter 10. Let's go to verse 6. Mark chapter 10, verse 6. This is Jesus talking. He's talking to a group of people who are trying to figure this thing out just like you're trying to figure it out. He said, but God made them male and female. Who made them? Okay, so God made them both male and female. That means God knows our parts. He knows our desires. He knows our urges. He knows our appetite. He knows all of that. And how does he know it? Because he created us from the beginning. That's what it says. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother. That's the only reason you leave your father and mother is for marriage, covenant, and is joined. I want everybody to underline, circle that word joined right there because it means when you study it out in the Greek and the Hebrew, it means so much more than what we say right here. Uh, uh, this is talking about sexual intimacy right here. They're joined together through marriage. And I want to explain this. You're joined physically through sex. You're joined emotionally through intimacy, and you're joined spiritually through covenant. Now, let me help you with this. Every time you have sex with somebody, it is not just a physical act. This is not just skin to skin. When you have sex, you are joining to that person. This is how powerful God made sex. 
is that every time that you join with somebody, come together, you are joining physically through that action. You are joining emotionally through, through what God has called us to be close together or intimate, and you are joining spiritually through covenant. What I'm trying to say, that every time you have sex, you're marrying somebody without the covenant. No, 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 hear me. I want you to get this clearly. Every time you have sex, you are marrying somebody without the covenant. Prove it to me, Pastor Mike. Marriage was supposed to be the perfect picture of God. Everything that he does in human nature is supposed to be seen in um, a, a marriage. So when humanity was separated, when God was separated from his church, he had to send a sacrifice, a blood sacrifice, one that was poured out so that we could be in covenant. You could go to the Old Testament, think about the children of Israel. When they passed through, they had to circumcise themselves. Why? Because it was a blood covenant. I could speak this whole thing, but I want you to understand that inside of every woman, God has put blood. That if you understand anatomy at all, that when a man penetrates a woman, blood is shed. Because every time that's supposed to happen, there's supposed to be a covenant established every time you have sex. And so what people are doing is they are marrying people willy-nilly and walking around for a piece of pleasure and God is saying that every time that you join with somebody, you're not just getting that physical moment. You're getting their emotional status. <sighs> you're not just getting a physical connection. You're getting a spiritual withdrawal. That's why some people can be in abusive relationships for 17 years and all they're doing is having sex. It's because they didn't just have sex. They married that person. They emotionally, physically, and spiritually join with that person. That's why there's somebody right now that you had sex with before you got married. If they walked in this room right now, you'd be all jacked up. Been 15 years since you've seen them. But if they walk in this room or they're seen because there's something called a soul tie that has you connected to them. You thought it was one night that you would forget, but it was something that God said you married that person without the covenant. And we have an entire society of people who are having one night stands or hookups or Netflix and chill. And what they don't understand is they're robbing their bank deposit. They are filled with something that every time they connect with somebody, it's taking a withdrawal. And when they get with their husband and wife, they may be in the negative. I want you to see sex was God's idea, but inside of what God called it to be. And so when we look at this, this scripture, Mark chapter 10, verse six, go back to it. He said, that's why they leave their mother and father so they can be joined physically, emotionally, and spiritually to who? Their wife. So this makes you know that it's supposed to be in marriage. You're not supposed to be just joined to that dude who you work with or joined to that person that you go to school with. This is supposed to be joined, not to the mailman. You're joined to your husband or to your wife. Oh, don't act like this don't happen every day. Don't, don't, don't act like you don't see people at your job and at the water cooler and at the different things. And you know what's being planned right now. You know, matter of fact, some of y'all in this room are people who have made opportunity for your sin to give life. And what I'm trying to say right here is, it's not bad. It just has to be in proper context. It said, and the two are united into, what is this word? One. 
And then he says it again since he knew some of us like me would be remedial. Like, God, what are you really trying to say? You saying like the two really become one? Like every time I have sex? Like what is sex anyway? You know what I'm saying? Is sex oral sex? Is sex? Y'all know we be asking these questions. Like, no, you know what it is. It's what you did. <laughs> and look, he says it again for the remedial ones. He says, the two are united into one. Since they are no longer two, but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. Now, this is crazy because God then puts his stamp of approval on it. See, every time you have sex, what God is saying is, I'm joining this together. You know I'm on the inside of you, and I'm joining this together. Many of you don't realize that marriage was not a piece of paper and was not a, a, a ceremony in a white dress when they were writing this. It was a covenant was made when you had sex with the person. So you did not have sex with anybody you were not planning to spend the rest of your life with. And so what happens when we talk about this in this passage, what we we're doing is we're saying, well, I ain't got, it ain't legal with the courts and I haven't had a, a marriage ceremony. God says, oh, that's for you. Like the dress, I don't get no glory from that. The bridesmaids, the groomsmen, the music, the people walking down and saying all of it. That's you. That's what you want. That's a American, um, Americanized view of what marriage is. He said, you know what marriage is with me? When a person decides what is so valuable in me that I'm ready to give it to somebody else. And I'm ready to give it to this one person for the rest of my life. And I'm going to give them all of me. And so when we step into that covenant, God is there saying, I do. When the intersection of joining comes together. So my question is, how many times have you made God say, I do, and you didn't? How many people have you been in sexual relationship with that wasn't you making a covenant with them, but it was you satisfying a fleshly need that God could meet if you allowed him to, but you decided not to allow him to, so you went and did it for yourself, saying that you're your own provider. And it ended up robbing you. I've never met anybody that's sexually active and charged and all this other stuff who comes out feeling freer after the situation. Oh, I'm just blessed. They may act like it. I see this, this whole generation of people like, I'm free. I can, I can do what I want to do. This independent woman, if men are going to pimp, I'm a pimp too and all this other stuff. That is all a broken, insecure person trying to figure out how to be God in their own life. And it'll never happen. So you got to understand that sex is not bad. Everybody say sex is not bad. Sex was God's idea. But then comes to my second point. Sex was perverted. It's the enemy's plan in society to pervert anything that God says is good. So if God says sex is good, the enemy's automatic plan is to come in and figure out a way to make it bad. Just think about it in the garden. Listen, the enemy never showed up until there was unity and Eve came into the picture. You don't ever hear about the devil when it was just Adam and God. But it was when there was supposed to be a picture 
of what God's relationship with his bride looked like in a marriage that the enemy showed up. It's like, uh-uh, I can't have this unity thing. I can't have this oneness thing. I can't have this, so I need to deceive. Can I give you what I'm calling God's plan of oneness? Look at this. This was God's plan. This was God's idea. He wanted it to be one God, one man, one woman, one marriage, one sex partner, one flesh, one lifetime to create one picture. That's what God designed marriage to look like. It's to be a reflection. But I've seen these things, you know, there are people that have uh, like an expensive painting, a Van Gogh or a Renoir or something like that. And then because everybody can't afford how amazing that picture is, they make prints of it. Okay. So a lot of us in our houses or in our dorm rooms or in our place, we got prints of like the real thing. Okay. But it's beautiful because you can appreciate the real thing because it's a copy of it. It's supposed to be a picture of it, but it would be like God creating this picture of marriage that is supposed to be all of these ones and then us getting sent a copy of it but somebody took a sharpie and started drawing things on it and perverting the picture and this is what a lot of sex looks like in our society a lot of perversions oh you can be with two women oh you can do it like this you don't even need no man you can do it by yourself or man go get your homeboy and y'all can get together it's all perversion or sleep with your kids or have six wives and all these what it is it's the perfect picture and why do they want to be married If it's an institution that God has set up, it's because everybody desires on the inside of them to create, to connect with the creator. And it's what God placed on the inside of us. But most of us are creating counterfeit pictures that have been perverted. So the enemy has come to pervert what God has made good. And it reminds me of Paul Um, in 1 Corinthians, go there, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And we're going to look in this, but let me give you a little backstory that Paul is basically talking to a society that's kind of like our society today. A society that is full of lust, a society that glorifies people and things that that basically are a fantasy in somebody's head. Do y'all know that we glorify people who put fake implants in their butts and in their chest and, and literally have fake weave, fake this, fake that, and then we put them up on stages and people watch in mass views and they just shake their butt. They don't got no talent, no, no nothing, but we glorify it. Even people in church be like, look at her. Oh, she should be a sh- junior move so I can see the devil at work. <laughs> Just let's be honest. We, we glorify things. And so this city of Corinth is like the Las Vegas strip of its time. So, so like Las Vegas, they cater to your sin. Like, like y'all know the phrase, what happens in Vegas? Y'all ain't even been and you know. You, you, you got what I'm saying? And, and so it'll c- cater to the things of your flesh. And this is where Paul is. And he's talking to believers who are coming out of this lifestyle and trying to live a Christian lifestyle. But he's trying to give them practical steps of how they live spiritually in a world that looks like this. Kind of like what we got to do every day. And let's see if we can't find some keys to what God says about sex in this. Verse 9. Don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God. And this part messes me up every time. Don't fool yourself. I I mean, the Holy Spirit came to me so hard when I started reading this and really giving God my sexual um, 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 impurities. And then he said, Michael, don't fool yourself. 
Don't think that I'm about to come and bless what you won't allow me to come in and fix. Don't fool yourself. You will not inherit the kingdom of God in that area of relationships because you will not stop sleeping around. Don't fool yourself. You got grace. You are saved. You're going to make it to heaven. But don't fool yourself that I'm a bless what I've already cursed. And some of us walk around like God is just going to work in this relationship. God is just going to take this to another level. God is doing. No, don't fool yourself. Maybe that relationship has been taken from you since you got into it. And you've been giving your body and you've been, been, been lowering your standards. And fella, don't fool yourself. Everything that's sitting up right now is going to fall. Gravity gets us all. <laughs> don't fool yourself. Okay, hear me what I'm saying. Because these people were Christian people, but they thought they could dabble in sin and still have the blessings of God. And Paul was telling them, you're saved. You're going to make it into heaven. And that's what I hate. I hate this thing that, that all we need to do is make it into heaven. That is the lowest level of blessing that God has for your life. That you just make it into heaven. That would be like my parents having an inheritance for me that could be on this earth. But they said, hey, Mike, we just gave you the house. No furniture in it. You got the house. But they said, man, uh, we also had a fully furnished, furnished house for you. We had cars. We had a jet. We had um, bank accounts. We had trust. We had funds. But we watched how you managed your other things we gave you. We, so we can't give you the inheritance we wanted to give you. God has so much for you. So much more beyond what you can see and what you've experienced and what you've done. But don't fool yourself. The area you won't allow him to come in and you keep doing wrong in, he cannot supply. He cannot supply. And that's why he's saying these people's like, oh, that sounds kind of rough. Like, what do you mean? Don't fool yourself. What, what are you saying? What, what do you mean? People who do wrong. And Paul clarifies. He says those who indulge in sexual sins, who worship idols, commit adultery or male prostitutes, practice homosexuality, are thieves, are greedy people. Some of y'all was good till we got there. Y'all was like, uh, uh, that ain't me. That ain't me. That I'm greedy. Oh, who are drunkards, who are abusive, or people who just simply cheat people. None of these will inherit the kingdom of God. I, I want to tell you the saddest story in our earth today is that there are people with kingdom inheritances that God wants to give you right now. He wants to give you not just in eternity, but in history. He doesn't want you to just have an eternal reward. He wants you to have a right now reward, but don't fool yourself. If you keep entangling yourselves in these situations and not allowing him to come in and deal with them, you're still hiding them. You're still walking around with them. You will not inherit the promise of God and all that he wants to do in your life right now. And that's why we get frustrated and then we go to other things to fulfill something that God already has if we'll surrender what we have. If you would just give up what you have, he'll give you what he has. And I promise you, it's better than anything you could have for yourself. But it's been perverted. Look at verse 11. But it says some of you were like that. Thank God. But you were cleansed. You were made holy. You were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. Just for one second, I thank God for grace. 
I think that some of us need to remember who we used to be. Some of us need to take 10 seconds and just remember how faithful God has been to us. That we used to be just like that. I looked at that list and I said, I was all of those things. But for the grace of God. See, some of y'all have forgotten how God has delivered you. You ain't always been that smart. You ain't always been that put together. You were a hoe. And it's been buried so long that you forgot how to relate and what you forget, you judge. I'm going to just say it one more time. What you forget, you begin to judge others based on that thing. You're so critical. But when, when I look at my Bible, the, the, the ground is even at the foot of the cross. That everybody from the homosexual to the liar is standing on even playing field saying, God, I need you. And so I want you to see that it's not about where you are. It's about letting the God of the universe come into that thing. Because it's been perverted. Sex, sexuality, impure thoughts, it's been perverted. Verse 12, it says, because these people was like, okay, I hear what you're talking about. And Paul knew what type of people he was dealing with. And he said, I already know what y'all thinking right now. I know what you're thinking. Look at verse 12. You say, I'm allowed to do anything. But not everything is good for you. Now watch this. And even though I'm allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. Now this ups the ante. Because this ain't even about sin. You can be slaves to something that's not sin. Some of y'all are slaves to video games. Every day with 2K. Some of you are slaves to social media. Some of you are slaves to the opinion of others. Uh oh. You won't do anything because God told you to do it. You'll do it if everybody agrees with it. And, and this is saying sin shouldn't just be your first bar. You know you're maturing when you start not evaluating things by, is that a sin? Is that a sin? Is that a sin? No, is this maturing me? Is this making me better? Is, am I a slave to this? Yeah, some of y'all slave to fast food. If Starbucks went out of business, you'd die. 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 Like, hear me. But the Bible's telling us we shouldn't have anything that's a master over us except the master. Does everybody understand what I'm saying? And, and, and so my question is, what are you a slave to? And I can't answer that question for you, but you can answer it. What are you a slave to? And, and let me help you. One of the worst things to be a slave to is sexual impurity. Let me tell you why. Because sexual impurity is one of those sins that doesn't come alone. You can't be sexually impure and not be a liar. If you're sexually impure, you have to lie. You can't do it in the open. You can't be like, just think about it. If you were sexually active before you were married and you were in high school or something and you were going to have sex and your parents asked you, hey, what are you going to do tonight? You didn't say going to have sex and they said, see you at 11. That didn't happen. What'd you do? What are you going to do tonight? Oh, uh, we're going bowling. You know, just bowling, strikes, spirits, you know, I'm just saying just... You automatically learn to lie. With sexual impurity comes deception. 
comes manipulation. I'm telling you, it's like when you when 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 you when you look and somebody's knocking on the door and you're not fully dressed or you're not in your your, your swag yet and stuff and you'd be like boom boom and you'd be like who is it and be like oh it's just them okay and then you open the door and they'd be like come on in everybody because sexual sin brings unbelief doubt it brings the whole party to your house. Ah. And that's why when you deal in sexual sin. It allows every other kind of spirit to join to you. That's why the enemy would love for you to keep secrets in those areas because it invites other things in that you don't have no control to keep out. And so we sit here. I mean, just think about it. Even David, the man after God's own heart, when he committed adultery, what's the first thing he did? He lied. And after he lied, he murdered. This was a man after God. I'm telling you, you can't be in sexual impurity and it be the only sin that comes. And that's why God says that you have to get free. You have to take this perverted view of, of sexuality that is breaking you, that has you looking at people distorted, that has you looking at yourself like you're not worthy. You have to give that back to me and you have to let me redefine it. What I created sex to be is good. Who I created you to be is good. But what this thing is doing to you is bad. You got to let pornography go you gotta let slide into the DMs and stay sexting and talking late at night and allowing those people to come into your life and slip in and slip out you gotta stop joining the people and marrying them without the covenant you gotta let me have this why because for God's sake if you're not going to get sexually pure for yourself get sexually pure for your children and your grandchildren. See, what you don't understand is that most of y'all are dealing with the problems that your grandmama and your granddaddy had. And it's passed to you. I'm going to teach you two words that, that may seem kind of churchy to some of you, but they're all through the Bible. The word transgression and the word iniquities. Transgression, write it down. Transgression and write the word iniquities down. Because I want to show you what these two things are. Okay, a transgression... Is is something? Um, it it kind of reminds you of the English word trespassing, like like it, it's committing a sin and coming back. Like it, it's I made a transgression. I stepped on the property and I wasn't supposed to, and so I got off the property. It's what sin is: is a transgression. And 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 a lot of us make transgression. Adultery would be a transgression. Okay, I, I stepped over the line and, and I trespassed in something that wasn't mine, and, and I came back. But lust is the iniquity. It's the thing that's in the heart. Let me help you. Both of them are sin, but one happens inside and one happens outside. So transgressions are the action, the outward actions. Iniquities is the heart posture. Stay with me. A lot of people will believe the lie that since I don't do anything, it's not that bad. You think about it, you have it in your heart, and it's all, you have iniquities in your heart, but you don't transgress, you don't act on them, so it's like, as long as it's not hurting anybody, it's not that bad. As long as I masturbate in my bathroom by myself, it's not that bad. As long as I touch myself, it's not that bad. But what you don't understand is you're arousing something that can never be satisfied. You are starting 
a train down a road that will lead you to destruction. And look what the word of God says about this thing right here called transition, transgressions and iniquities. And let me make it clear. It's all sin. Like transgression and iniquity is not like one like, oh, the transgressions ain't that bad. The iniquities. No, it's all sin. <laughs> Jesus said, he said, if you even look on a woman lustfully, you might as well have already done it. So, so, but this is what I want you to understand is the Bible tells us in Deuteronomy 5 chapter 9. It says that the iniquities, the inward motivation, those things that have been in your heart and in your thoughts. They are passed on to your children, to the third and fourth generation. Hear what I'm saying to you. That if you do not stand up and deal with the sexual impurity in your life, it is going to pass down to your children and your children's children and your children's children's children. And they're going to have to deal with stuff that God asked you to cut off. May I submit to you that you ain't even dealing with your own sexual problems. You're dealing with your grandmama's sexual problems. See, because nobody stood up and broke this thing off of your life. And you're saying, you're saying, Pastor Mike, no, no, you do know. Your grandmama was a hoe. Your mama was a hoe. And now you a hoe. And you think there's something magically happening. No, 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 baby. It's the iniquities, the heart position. Of generational secrets oh come on y'all if you really would open up and stop living your life idealistically like no my mom was perfect you got here and your last name is Rorez and her last name Smith what you think happened <laughs> and maybe it's starting with you and you have a pornography addiction that you're saying as long as I handle it by myself see that's the lie the enemy told me he told me as long as it's not hurting anybody else, it's okay. But what it was doing was arousing secret desires and secret sins in my life that allowed me to have a thirst for something that nobody could ever quench. And so now I'm sneaking out of windows and I'm, and I'm going over to this girl's house and I'm doing this and I'm going to do this and I'm texting. And nobody knows. See, it's all in the dark. It's all in the secret. And some of y'all are trying to be out front with it and be like, this is what I'm doing. But you ain't telling nobody everything that's happening. If they really knew what was happening, they wouldn't even be your friend. They wouldn't touch you. Don't give me a five. <laughs> No, 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 baby. Wash your hands. Do you understand what I'm saying? Listen, what I'm telling you is that it's the enemy's trick to arouse your sexual secretive lifestyle at a young age. So now you've done it all these years with your girlfriend and your boyfriend and your friends and your big cousin that you hope ain't your big cousin and all these other things that are happening. Oh, this is really happening. Oh, can I come to your house? And then you get married. And all of a sudden, it's no longer pleasing because it's not scratching the itch because it's not a secret anymore. So, so it was good when you couldn't do it. And now that you get it inside of marriage, it no longer pleases you because it loses the air of secrecy and perversion. And so the enemy has tricked us to think that perverted sex is enjoyable sex. That perversion, that darkness being in the mix. And that's why he's like, jump out and surprise me like we're not supposed to be doing this. Why? I'm supposed to be here. Like, this is what's supposed to happen. Like, bow, here I am. Come get it, daddy. Like, but no, but no. 
That's why a man will be in the closet jacking off and has a woman right there to meet his need. But that's not a secret, and this is. I want y'all to hear the word of God today. Some of y'all sitting so stiff right now. Some of y'all ain't dead. Some people ain't moved all day. What I'm telling you is that the enemy has perverted what this looks like to make you feel that if it's not secret, if it doesn't have that spice and that adrenaline and all of that other stuff, it's not good. God never made, when he made Adam and Eve, he said they were naked and unashamed. And so what I'm saying to you is that these words of transgressions and iniquities, it's time for somebody to stand up and say, it stops with me. I'm not passing this on to the next generation. I, I'm not letting this go past me. I will not let this homosexual spirit that keeps trying to tempt. I'm stopping it with me. I'm letting these transgressions and these iniquities be stopped. They will not pass down to my family. Amen. The Bible says a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. My question is, what type of inheritance are you leaving? Are you leaving one of iniquity and transgressions? one of blessings but this is the beautiful thing and why the word of God is so congruent oh I love it Isaiah 53 3 because I know some of you are dealing with transgressions and iniquities and you're dealing with things that you haven't even told the person you're married to and you're dealing with things yeah you were abused and it happened to you and nobody even really knows the turmoil that's going on on your heart and maybe you are out here looking for love in all the wrong places because you feel like you're devalued and maybe you are out here exploring your sexuality and trying to be with men or trying to be with women and women and you're trying you're so confused about who God has made you but this is the beautiful thing about transgressions and iniquities Jesus did something about them he didn't just leave us in this place and say figure it out he didn't just leave us right here to have to try to go through it he said but he was wounded for our transgressions remember what I said about transgressions transgressions are the outward the outward experience where do you get wounded on the outside you get wounded on the outside, but he was bruised for our iniquities. That's inside. When you get bruised, that's something that comes from the inside and it comes to the outside. God said, I took every transgression, every sex. I feel the presence of God. Every sexual sin, everything that the enemy meant for evil. And I let them beat me and I let them bruise me and I, whoo, and I let them take me. So that you can walk in freedom. You don't have to live that life. You don't have to struggle with that. You don't have to. God, thank you. You do not have to carry it. He saw every transgression and he saw every iniquity and he said, hit me again. Bruise me again. I'm not getting off of this until I get it all out. I want you to see that that's how much God loves you. So you don't have to live in this. That you don't have to perpetuate this cycle of fatherless children. That you don't have to keep going and rowing your, sowing your wild oats and leaving. That's a generational iniquity. That's a heart posture. As God says, I took those bruises for every one of your iniquities. Look at the rest of this verse. The chastisement for us to live in peace was upon his shoulders. 
he carried the city on his back. And by his stripes, we are, we were, and we are right now. I came to tell you that if you receive the grace of God for every transgression transgression and iniquity, it's not going to take 20 years. It's not going to take 15 years. It's not going to take a long. You are, you were healed. Somebody shout at me, I am healed. Come on, with faith, say I am healed. I don't care if you are abused. I don't care if you've been in cycles. I don't care by the stripes. You, I feel the presence of God. You are healed. Somebody needs to just say that over. I am healed. I'm not what happened to me. I am healed. I am healed. I am healed. I'm not broken. I don't have to deal with I am healed. Sit down. I want you to hear me say this. So, because God is so good, because he's so good, he made sex and he said it was good. Then sex got perverted because it was so powerful and could mess up our whole life. So what did he do? Because he's a good God. He made a container for it to go in. And that container is my third point, is marriage. So when you put sex that destructive force inside of a container that can handle the power. It becomes something that generates life for you and for others. Can I give you an example? This is what water looks like in a container. Hundreds of thousands of gallons of power contained now produces light and life for an entire city because it's in the right container. If you put sex in the container of marriage, it will produce light. You are the light of the world. It will produce life. They'll know you by your fruit. They can eat off of that. And you'll be able to change people's lives. But what does water look like uncontained? What does water look like when we're having sex outside of marriage? It looks like destruction. It looks like total devastation. It looks like it can get into areas of our life that we never thought it could get into. And even when it leaves, it leaves residue. And we'll be dealing with the ramifications of this for years to come. What I'm asking everybody to do is to do it God's way. Hold on to your purity and stay close to God in marriage. And even when you get married, keep God in the center of your marriage. Stop bringing those other women in your head into that bedroom and defiling it. Stop bringing those other men into you. Get off of those websites. Why? Because God took stripes so that we didn't have to live with these transgressions or iniquities. Some of you won't make it another week dealing with the things in your heart and your mind that you've been dealing with for years. 
but today God's here to heal you. Young lady, you're not your body. You're more than that. God has made you special and beautiful, and these busters around here who just want you to send them pictures and do all this, they don't want you. They want what you can provide for them. But if I tell you, if you would just hold back and say you're not worth it, you're the best thing I never had. I think Beyonce, the prophetess Beyonce said that. And I, and, and what, I'm, what I'm telling you is, young men, that if you would know your worth and would be able to stand as men of God and not be drawn by your other head, I think that God would be able to use you and be able to produce in you men of valor, men of honor, men of stature, men that will stand and say, as for me in my house, we are going to serve the Lord. Hear what I'm saying is God cares that much about you. So you look at it, God created a container. And so what are you saying, Pastor Mike? Today I want everybody to surrender your sexuality. Surrender it. Pastor Mike, I was taught this. I believe this. I've done it like this. But today I'm giving it back to the creator. He made it. He knows what to do with it. And he knows everything about me. So I'm surrendering my sexuality. I'm talking to married people who you've been so jacked up in your sexual um, relations. Some of you, when I said earlier that you need to come together because sex is not just a physical act, it's a spiritual act and it is an emotional act. You connect, you can never connect with somebody without getting off on them. Some of y'all bedrooms have been so dead and so dry. You just need to shut up and connect. No, hear me and allow the spirit, let your spirit and let your emotion. See, this is bigger than a physical act. God's trying to bring the picture back to earth that he's created from the foundation so you gotta surrender it God my life is not my own I'm giving you everything today look what Romans 6 13 says don't let any part of your body become an instrument of evil look at this to serve sin instead Give yourself completely to God. That sounds like surrender to me. For you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body, all of it, your eyes, your ears, your mouth, your fingers, your texting thumbs. Use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. This is... A decision day for many of you that there are relationships you're gonna have to get out of there are people that you're just going to have to delete out of your life not just out your phone out of every contact you have you 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 may have to take a season off of Instagram and Facebook and you, you may have to go up to your wife and apologize and come clean you may have to go up to your husband and say I've been I've been emotionally cheating on you with somebody at the office today I've come clean because God only frees people in truth if God is transforming your life through this ministry join us in reaching others by partnering with us today you can get through our TC app or our website at transformchurch.us and don't forget to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this now go and live a transformed life